Good morning to you all. So delighted that you're here. Advent is a fascinating time in a lot of ways for me because it is a season of waiting and slowing, and sometimes I find myself just chaotically busy. So I hope that in your week, upcoming or perhaps past, that you can find some margin, a bit of peace. Let's pray before we start. Gracious one, we are delighted to be in your presence. We thank you that you have gone ahead of us and that time is of no issue for you. We ask that as you teach us in this moment, as we reflect together on these themes, that you might illuminate for us the way forward, the ways in which we ought to be shaped and to be shaping one another. Make us more faithful in our work and our dedication to your kingdom. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. In the beginning was the garden, perfection, and the two humans created among the creation, close with God. Then came the disobedience, what God had said not to do, and the consequences were great. They were promised death, the humans, but they did not receive it, at least not right away. Instead, the threat of death came upon all things. Conflict between animals and humanity, pain in childbirth, conflict between humanity and the earth itself, the promise of decay, that which was just living before is now touched by death, the end consequences of their action, the promised From dust to dust you shall return. What was created in perfection to join with God in intimacy separated from that. The humans are banished from the garden, banished not just to another world, but to suffering and death itself. This is the second week of Advent, as we have already done, as we can tell by the two lit candles on our stage, and we slow down in this season. It's winter, great time to slow down, and we take stock of our own skills to wait in the world. Some of you are better at this than others of us, I will confess. This season of slowing and perfect waiting, however, is not for those of us who are great at it, but for each of us to participate. Our theme and focus this year is creation in Advent, and this week we're going to look a bit widely at the world around us. The universe itself, you may have been told this in school, is very vast, and there's much of it in reaches that we don't know about. This is true in big ways and in small ways, as we discover more about the tiny particles that make up our world. Uh, protons, neutrons, electrons, quarks, which are subatomic, and then, of course, like protoquarks, which are smaller even still than that. We know that there is more we understand about how the world functions together, but so much of it is still past our knowledge, past our capacity yet to know. The depths of the oceans we have on our own planet, for example, the ways that a human brain works, the far reaches of our galaxy in space. Those of us, probably most of us, who are less scientifically knowledgeable, let's say, however, even we 
can notice some realities about the world around us using our basic skills of observation. The truth is that the world, the earth, the universe, creation itself, is not thriving as it ought to. It is struggling. It is groaning. We see this with the tornadoes that occurred last night in Middle Tennessee. We see this with hurricanes that wipe out cities on the coast, sometimes two or three in a week. We see this in small island nations who are regularly flooded with tsunamis. We see this with freezes that last a little too long, heat waves that destroy plant life and animals, even blight on the crops, the avian flu. Each of these things a reminder of the groaning of humanity, of creation. We long for the day when the brokenness of the world, the fragility of it will be mended, when the created world will receive relief for its struggles. But until then, we can't help but notice. We see it in the challenges of farming, a very difficult kind of work. Even with modern technology and its many gifts, it is still too many variables to predict year to year. The weather, the seeds themselves, it's all so far out of our reach, even with all of our knowledge and wisdom. Animals themselves threatened by the world, brought to extinction by overpopulation of humanity, by the destruction of their habitats, by poaching, by even other animals. The heavenly bodies, the planets themselves, which exploded very long times ago, send their greetings by the shattered remains of these stars and planets hurling towards the earth. Sometimes this groaning, this suffering is hard to bear. It's hard to watch. We know that it's not right exactly. It's not proper. And there's so much that we wish to have and see resolved. Creation, it feels like, sometimes can do nothing but fall apart, decay, suffer. And humanity, too, is groaning, wishing and waiting for something to resolve its struggle. The consequences of the suffering of the universe at large bears down on us as well, making each day, each hour, each moment harder to bear. We see this in the way that humanity wrestles with creation. I don't know if you know about this, but sometimes animals attack people kind of for no reason. We also wrestle with creation as we seek to submit it to the will of the gardener, the farmer, those who wish to make crops in the earth but are thwarted at every turn. Sometimes we try to contain creation itself I don't know if you know about kudzu in the American South. I think I've used this as an example before, but humanity is doing what it can and it is not working very well. We seek to wrestle against, to control, to contain, to resolve. And we do not always find a foothold. These realities of the major world disasters, the consequences of it, even here in middle America, we can feel so small. In the face of it, what could we do? And these are ways that we groan 
alongside of the rest of creation. But another way we see this is in the decay of our own bodies. Maybe it's something simple, like uh, eyesight that changes prescription every few years. Getting worse, obviously, over time. It might be achy joints or sleep patterns that aren't quite what they used to be. Even something as simple as a cold, which takes from you the power of functional nasal passages, can remind us of the decay of our own world. But this decay also takes on challenging forms, more challenging forms. Illness that lasts a few days, a few weeks, a few months. Chronic illness that comes and goes as it wishes to, without any regard for your plans or schedules. Serious mental health struggles, social anxiety, depression, PTSD, sensory challenges. Even as I recount these, you know what it is to recognize the groaning of creation. You know what it looks like in your outer world and in your inner self. How do we begin to react and deal with these realities? The suffering and groaning of the universe. Well, let's read from the book of Romans. We're in chapter 8 this morning, verse 19 through 25. I'm reading from the New Revised as usual. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its enslavement to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning together as it suffers together the pains of labor. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope, we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what one already sees. But we hope for what we do not see, and we wait for it with patience. So in all of creation, this text tells us there is groaning, like the labor of one bearing a child into the world, loud, incessant, and painful. There is groaning, like an impatient driver on the roads, frustrated with the ineffectiveness of the patterns of traffic or the driver in front of you. There is groaning, like one who looks at the unfairness and inequality in the world and feels powerless to stop it. There is groaning, like enslaved persons under a heavy burden. There is groaning like disabled bodies whose joints are not working, whose muscles are weak, whose bodies are failing. It is unquestioned in the minds of those of us who have been around the sun. Creation is suffering. It is struggling. It is unfulfilled. In the structure of this particular sermon that I'm writing, Normally here, I would offer two distinct reflections. One that offers the good news or the grace in the text, 
and one that offers the good news for us in the world. Uh, but in this sermon, and I think in this text, it's pretty clear that the good news is the same for both of us. The distinction between creation writ large and creation ourselves in regards to the suffering is not distinct. Though we are different amongst creation, our suffering is shared suffering. We are creation, after all. And that means that the good news for creation in our text is also good news for us. So remembering that this text in the book of Romans teaches us that we are like creation, we know that each of us, locally, globally, universally, is waiting and hoping for something that is yet to come, a return to a former status, not a first-time version of ourselves, but a return to a self that we have been before. Maybe a version of yourself you have not yet met because you have never lived in perfection. The redeemed and perfected and fully realized version of creation has existed before and will exist again. And as Christians, we believe that this process of redeeming, of returning, of restoring is preceded by a long period of waiting. Something that is often true in stories of the Christmas season is that we see two realities kind of layered on top of each other. One is that we have already begun the process moving towards redemption. And we are now in a second time of waiting because chronologically on the timeline that we like to use as humans, Christ has already come. Christ has been born, has lived, has died, has been resurrected and returned. But the other truth is that we are not fully in that state of redemption. We are still suffering. We ourselves and the creation around us, the realities inside and outside of us are not perfect. They are not fulfilled. They are not complete. But we, as Christian believers, knowing that truth, believe that truth to be temporary. At this moment, we, all of creation, are suffering and groaning and struggling with the reality of incompletion. However, because of the hope that we have, a hope that we cannot see, a hope that has yet to happen, we can wait in patience for that future. And it is a future that should give us the joy that all of creation carries deep in our inbuilt DNA. It gives us a sense of connection with the created world. To be created is to be designed for greater fulfillment, but not yet to be in that fullness. The fulfillment of creation will reveal a nature connected to what we know already, but distinctly different. So if you feel yourself groaning, suffering under the unfulfillment of the reality you live in, know that you are not alone. All of creation groans together. Each of us, everything that is created is suffering because we are not yet returned to that former state. Like a laboring body, we know that new things will come. A child will come. This will not be 
forever. And so we hope and wait for that which is coming. As we imagine this world of redeemed creation while we're suffering in this moment of unredeemed creation, I want to remind you of the words of Psalm 98 and Isaiah 55. Here's my rough interpretation of their words. The seas roar with cheers and everything that is found in the ocean along with them. The whole world makes the same sound of praise, everything that is in the universe. The floodwaters, in fact, clap along. The music of creation with a thunderous splash. The rolling hills, the sharp-faced mountains, singing together a song of joy because of the presence and coming of the Lord. God will come and God will judge the world with justice and equality. And even the trees and the short thistle bushes will join in the parade song, clapping along to the hope that has come in God's redemption and restoration of all of creation. You've been listening to me, Pastor Kana Moore, at Hayes Christian Church. Hayes Christian Church is a non-denominational fellowship in Hayes, Kansas. We are supported by the generosity of our members, attenders, and friends. The financial support we raise goes to projects which further spread the gospel to those who do not yet know Jesus, to those local, national, and international missions, and they help keep these broadcasts free. If you would like to share a monetary gift with us, please visit our website at hayeschristianchurch.org and click on the donate button. Or you may mail your gift to P.O. Box 1111, Hayes, Kansas, 67601. If you have any questions, comments, or would like more information, we would love to hear from you. Simply go to our website and click on the Contact Us form. Thank you for your generosity, and may God bless you as you seek to follow Him.